0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show, Monday edition. Hope all of you are having a fantastic uh, start to your week. Hope you had great weekends. Uh, Just a little bit of uh, house cleaning here right off the top. I will be in Salt Lake City Wednesday evening, Thursday, Friday. There will not be OutKick the Show shows. I'm doing the radio show with Buck from Salt Lake City. Uh, but I will be out there. That is one of the many cities, by the way, that the Clay and Buck Show is number one overall. So, looking forward to my time in the Salt Lake City area. I'll be out there over the weekend. Uh, but just will impact this show Thursday and Friday. Um, all right, we got a couple of things to uh, to hit. Uh, more fallout of the Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago by the Department of Justice and the FBI. COVID shot in shambles. Uh, I mean, just absolutely in shambles uh, as the CEOs of Moderna and Pfizer both are trending not for good reasons associated with the COVID shot. I think both of these guys should face fraud charges on behalf of their company. I'll explain why. Um, Trump's passport, he says, was seized. Alabama sororities roll tide reject a trans man who was trying to become an Alabama sorority girl. Uh, Kentucky basketball and football feuding with each other. John McEnroe calls out the BS over Novak Djokovic not being able to play in the U.S. Open. Zach Wilson injured appears he's only going to be out two to four weeks. Good news for all the moms out there. Uh, And uh, we have got a lot to discuss overall. But we begin right here with What I think is fairly major news. Now, Donald Trump is on Truth Social quite a lot. I'm on Truth Social there as well. You can find me at Clay Travis. Uh, Certainly, I'm on basically, it feels like every social media platform now. Uh, And uh, the one that I'm most active on, for better or worse, is Twitter. Uh, But Trump says, uh, this was uh, about 35, uh, maybe an hour ago. In the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, They stole my three passports, one expired, along with everything else. This is an assault on a political opponent at a level never seen before in our country. Third world exclamation. Um, And uh, Trump continues to fire away on uh, Truth Social. I would encourage you guys, if you are interested in what Donald Trump is going to be saying from one moment uh, to the next... That is worth checking out. All right, and and I got to be honest with you. Uh, I have never in my life heard of a passport being seized before there are actual charges that are filed unless the passport were somehow evidence, which is strange to think about, but maybe where you were stamped, again, I can think through how a passport of a passport were counterfeit or allegedly counterfeit you could have an argument about whether or not uh, the passport should be seized as evidence in a case. But this seems quite clearly to me, if it's true, as Donald Trump says it is true on Truth Social, to be designed to make the president look like he is guilty of something because usually a passport is seized when you are a flight risk and there is a concern that you're going to be trying to to leave the country. Now, what I would say in general about this, all right, what I would say in general about this is, is there anyone in the world who is harder to hide than Donald Trump? I think there's a strong argument that Donald Trump is the most famous person in the world right now. So this idea that somehow he's going to be hiding or that he's going to flee the country and go abroad represents honestly an outlandish argument. So I think the Department of Justice and the FBI to the extent that this is true should have to respond and explain why and how they have come to believe it is necessary to seize President Trump's uh, passport. Because as we said before this is an outrageous raid in general without precedent in all of American history for the sitting Attorney General of the top opponent, opposing political party of uh, the President Trump, to be using the Department of Justice and the FBI to investigate him, while also potentially seizing not only documents that you claim are the property of uh, the United States government, which is going to be a huge battle over classified, declassified, all of those, But to suggest that they have actually taken his passport is really crazy and wild-level discussion to be contemplating. So, um, again, I said on Clay and Buck, and I'm going to bet that we will at OutKick and on this show and on the Clay and Buck show and everything else, do a better job not only of covering breaking news, but also of telling you where we are headed. Um, And to me... To me, this is really interesting because if you think about it, years ago, in the 2010s, Bob McDonald was the governor of Virginia. He was charged with bribery by the federal government for accepting around $175,000 in alleged benefits uh, while he was the governor. He was convicted in Richmond, Virginia of that violation. He then appealed. It went to the Supreme Court and in 2016, the Supreme Court said this federal uh, indictment and conviction represented a drastic overreach in terms of the bribery statute that Governor McDonnell was charged under. I believe he was charged in 2014 and it went to the Supreme Court in 2016. What I believe is significant about this Okay, is whatever happens if Trump is indicted, and it might well happen, uh, and if he is even convicted, and it might well happen if they get a Washington, D.C. jury. Remember, only about 5% of jurors in Washington, D.C. voted for Donald Trump. It is the ultimate in a rigged game against him. There would be an appeal, and that appeal could eventually reach the D.C. Supreme Court. And if it reaches the Supreme Court, I think there's a decent chance that the Supreme Court says the president can't be charged under these statutes by virtue of the fact that he has already declassified many of these documents. My point on this is, don't just focus on what the trial court might say. Think about when this reaches the D.C. Circuit Court and then potentially the Supreme Court as it certainly would as a part of President Trump's appeals and what it will look like to the Merrick Garland Department of Justice if they bring charges just like in the Bob McDonald case that the Supreme Court later says were not legitimately brought. That is where you need to be thinking not only about what is going on now but about where we might be headed. Let me also add this. If I'm advising President Trump And there's been a lot of discussion about when he should announce for president in terms of running in 2024. If you think that you are going to be indicted, wouldn't you rather have announced that you are running for president before the indictment? Just trying to work through it in terms of my thought process, I think that you probably would have rather announced that you were going to be running for re-election in 2024 and that this was then a political persecution. In other words, I think it makes the Department of Justice investigation of Donald Trump more difficult if he is actually already an announced candidate in 2024. Now, there are complexities here uh, because certainly we're sitting at whatever it is, 90 days until the midterms. Do we really think that Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to bring charges against President Trump before the midterm elections? I don't know. If he is not, then Trump could wait until the midterms actually occur and then announce soon thereafter. But if he's going to get charged before the midterms, Trump is running for president again in 2024. Is it more political persecution if he not only is the former president, but also a current candidate for president, just worth thinking about. Now, the complications there are, does it then turn the midterm uh, into both in the Senate and the House, a discussion about Donald Trump and a referendum on this raid, as opposed to a discussion about Joe Biden and the failures that he has, has presided over as president of the United States, including basically a year ago, the Taliban taking back control of Afghanistan. Just worth thinking about the timing. There are many different moving parts associated with this. Um, But again, the passport reportedly seized is a big, I would say, expansion beyond seizing the documents because I don't think even the most hated, hateful Trump person out there could argue that the passport isn't directly the, 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 the right of Donald Trump to have whereas there might be disputes about this particular paperwork, this letter uh, as to whether it's the government's property or Trump's property the passport is typically only seized in the event that someone believes that a charged uh, with a federal or a state criminal offense defendant is more likely to flee because of those charges and therefore they need to have their travel to a foreign country restricted, seems unlikely that Trump would be in that camp. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion, but first, a momentary break.
1: What's up everyone, it's Nick Wright and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
0: Uh, The Moderna CEO. Going to talk about Moderna and Pfizer. On Friday, we talked about the CDC effectively acknowledging, hey, everything that Clay Travis has been saying for over a year is accurate. Everything we've been saying on the Clay and Buck show, everything I've been tweeting, everything I've been writing uh, about the COVID shots is accurate. Well, the Moderna CEO said... They've had 30 million doses most recently of their COVID shot that nobody wants and that they've had to throw them in the garbage. This is a quote, you can go watch the video. He said this a couple of months ago. Says that they have a major demand problem and far too much supply for the COVID shot that people are overwhelmingly starting to reject. Why are they rejecting it? Because initially, we were all told last year that if you get the COVID shot, There will be, uh, you will neither get nor spread COVID. Effectively, the COVID shot was going to end COVID. And then we started to talk with you last summer about the fact that in reality, as you started to look at all of the data, in reality, it didn't stop or prevent the spread of COVID. And remember last year, you weren't even allowed to hardly talk about this. It was considered unacceptable to question the COVID shot in any degree at all, okay? But last year we became aware that COVID shot didn't stop or prevent. Now we're up to four different shots. The initial two shots, now there are two COVID booster shots. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Berla, I believe is how you pronounce his name, today came out and announced that he had tested positive for COVID. And I want to make sure that we enjoy uh, the responses to what this Pfizer CEO has said, all right? Um, CEO of Pfizer said, I would like to let you know I've tested positive for COVID. I am thankful to have received four doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, I uh, and I am feeling well while experiencing very mild symptoms. I am isolating and have started a course of Paxlovid. He then gets absolutely crushed, absolutely obliterated in the comments. First of all, he had to say the line, I got COVID, but thankfully I'm quadruple jabbed or it would have been far worse, right? Every single time that somebody tests positive for COVID, they come out and say hey i've got covid but thankfully i've gotten four different covid shots now we're up to so i feel fine maybe it's the fifth shot that will so- that will solve everything um and uh there are so many great responses that are out there uh but i'll read a few of them um this is again i mean i give credit finally to Twitter for actually allowing people to say what they actually believe. The funniest one was a guy said, this is like the uh, this is like the CEO of a condom company saying my wife is pregnant but thankfully I used condoms while we were having sex uh, And then somebody else said, yeah four condoms uh, All of this is uh, is nonsensical. but what's starting to happen, is finally people are becoming aware of how worthless these COVID shots are. And let me tell you something. The first case I think you could see that people were rejecting them and finally starting to look at the data was in what happened with kids. And I said this, said it for a long time. I had two kids in the 5 to 11 age range. And I have not allowed, I still do, I have not allowed any of those kids, either of those kids, to get the COVID shot because it's totally unnecessary. Both myself and my wife have had COVID. So probably my kids have had COVID. They haven't ever gotten sick or had fevers or anything substantial like that. So I've never gotten them COVID tested, but I feel confident that they likely have already had COVID. Uh, Certainly, the vast majority of parents also of five to 11-year-olds are not getting their kids the COVID shot. Only around 3% of parents of six-month-old to five-year-olds are getting them the COVID shot. Only 3%. Roughly 97% of all parents of six-month-to-five-year-olds are not getting them the COVID shot because they don't need it at all, okay? So what should happen here? I'm going to keep beating this drum, If you're hearing this for the first time, you're going to hear it a bunch more times. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, every one of these drug companies that we gave tens of billions of dollars to to purchase their COVID shots and made them tens of billions of dollars in profit, they should have to give back all of that profit because they sold those COVID shots predicated on a fraudulent idea. It's like the lemon law. Right, If you remember the Lemon Law for cars, if you buy a used car and you buy it under circumstances that later become clear were a lie, in other words, there are things wrong with the car, then you get your money back and you can disgorge the fact that you ever purchased the car in the first place. And by the way, you can also pursue uh, the sellers for fraud if you believe they've engaged in fraudulent behavior. Well, why in the world Is Moderna destroying 30 million COVID shots that they can't get anyone in the world to take that you and me and all the American taxpayers paid for? And why are we allowing Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, high-end employees, to be buying multi-million dollar mansions all over the place? There was a big article about it in Wall Street Journal. Moderna has so many uh, employees in the Boston area that they have been buying up properties for tens of millions of dollars based on ill-gotten profit that they have made off government-mandated COVID shots. So what should happen, in my opinion, is every single uh, dollar that those companies made should be refunded to the American taxpayer. Every profit, every bit of dollar profit, all right? And we should tell these drug companies one of two things. Either you give us back all of the profit that you made, off of these COVID shots that don't work as you told us they did, or we're going to allow plaintiff's attorneys to file lawsuits and do away with your protection from all lawsuits associated with COVID. That's option one. And then you can potentially get bankrupted based on all these plaintiff's lawyers coming after you at Pfizer and at Moderna. Or you voluntarily, voluntarily give back all of your profit dollars to the United States government. And when that happens, if that were the choice, which I think it would if you really held their feet to the fire, when that happens, what we should do then is refund everybody who lost their jobs. They should get their jobs back and for refusing to get the COVID shot. And they should get back pay for all of the money that they lost as a result of that. In our military, in our private industry, anyone who lost their job over this COVID shot, there should be laws passed that this was not permissible, that they should get all of their jobs back, and that we should be able to pay them back. Uh, Certainly, in our military and with any government employees, this is easy to do. Might be a little bit more complicated with private industry, but I believe we should repay everybody who got fired over the COVID shot. And we should hold Moderna and Pfizer and their CEOs responsible. And I think... If I were in Congress right now, if I were in the Senate, if I were in the House, I would be talking about demanding that there be criminal investigations into Pfizer and Moderna and their CEOs to let us know when they became aware that these COVID shots were not working as they had claimed that they were, and whether they have fraudulently, criminally lied to the American public about the efficacy of their shots. I think that needs to happen. I think it needs to happen now. Uh, Props. Roll Tide, baby. Uh, Alabama sororities. Did you see this story? There was a trans woman, a biological man, student at the University of Alabama, decided he was going to rush for sorority and wanted to be in the Alabama sororities. This is a man who identifies as a woman. These are heroic uh, days, right, for men who identify as women. They can be the greatest swimmer that's ever existed. University of Alabama sororities all rejected this man who is claiming to be a woman from being able to be admitted to their sororities. As I said, roll tide. Good for them for standing up to this absurdity. Good for the women at the University of Alabama, for the people who uh, are uh, advising them for them being willing to stand up to be called transphobic or whatever you want to say. There should not, I can't believe I have to say this, men should not be able to be members of Alabama sororities. And by the way, if you were a straight guy living in a sorority house surrounded by smoking hot chicks, not the worst thing, right? If you were a straight guy at the University of Alabama and you were an undergrad, and you got the opportunity to live in a sorority house, I mean, that's cooking with grease. That's pretty smart, all right? Just going to say. Uh, but this was actually someone who was a biological man pretending to be a girl, would not allow them uh, to, uh, to uh, that person, to make uh, it into the Alabama sorority. AP Top 25 poll is out. This is one of the craziest sports stories of my life, of your life, I doubt that it will ever be equaled again. Alabama is the preseason number one in the AP Top 25 poll. That means the Alabama Crimson Tide has now been number one at some point during the season in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, that is 16 straight seasons. That is something that we will never, it's rare that I say this. I don't believe that you or I will ever, anybody watching this right now, in any of our lives, I don't believe we will ever see a college football team be ranked number one at some point in the season for 16 straight years. This is an unbelievable achievement. Alabama, 16 straight years being number one at some point during the course of the season. 16 straight. So since Nick Saban's second year as the University of Alabama head coach, the Crimson Tide has been number one overall. Uh, at Kentucky, basketball program feuding with the football program and vice versa over whether they are a basketball or football school. Uh, We've talked about this before on the show. Uh, In my opinion, almost every state likes football more than they do basketball. The only possible exceptions in the United States, I really believe, uh, are North Carolina. I think you can argue whether the state of North Carolina likes basketball more than it likes football. Uh, I think you can argue it certainly about Kentucky. And I think you can argue it about Indiana. But ultimately, I think there are more football fans, even in North Carolina, even in Kentucky, even in Indiana, than there are basketball fans. And certainly the dollars reflect that that is true. What do I mean by that? Mark Stoops makes, for the University of Kentucky through football, more money, the last time I saw the numbers, substantially more money for the Kentucky Uh, football program than they do for the Kentucky basketball program. Doesn't mean that Kentucky doesn't have a big basketball team and that a lot of people don't care about it. It just means that even in Kentucky, SEC football is so big that they are making more money than the basketball program is. Now, I also think in general, Every state in the union is a football state, even Kentucky, even North Carolina, even Virginia. But I also think every school should aspire to be a football and a basketball school. I don't buy into this idea that in this era, you have to care about one more than you care about the other. I think the reason Kentucky has been good in basketball and not great in football certainly has a lot to do with Adolph Rupp and Bear Bryant deciding to leave uh, the University of Kentucky to go to uh, Texas A&M and then go on to Alabama back in the day. People forget that Bear Bryant was ever there. But really, fans respond to winning. And if you look around the country, Baylor won a basketball title. Baylor was one of the worst basketball programs in the country. They fired a coach because he had helped to allegedly cover up a murder, for God's sake, and now they have won a national championship. You can, I believe, if you get the right coach, win at an elite level anywhere now in a way that historically was not true. Because historically, if you think about it, it used to be a really big deal if you were on television or not, if people paid attention to your program or not. Now everybody does. Everybody pays attention. You can watch any football game anywhere in the country. You can watch any college program. So the whole argument of football school versus basketball school, people in the state of Kentucky care more about football than they ever have in my life because of Mark Stoops. And I don't begrudge him for deciding to bow up when John Calipari brags about them being a basketball school. Because remember, John Calipari, for all of the talent that he has brought through the University of Kentucky, relatively minor in terms of only winning one national championship. I know he's had success, Final Fours, everything else, but for as long as John Calipari has been at Kentucky and for as many elite talents as he has brought through the bluegrass, you have to say that he has underperformed to only have one national championship. Uh, So, I mean, the way to put this forward is, look, John Calipari has one more national title at Kentucky than Mark Stoops does. I don't think Kentucky's ever going to win at a high level in football in terms of being able to compete for a national championship. But if I were Mark Stoops, I'd argue that we were. Uh, And you can argue that Kentucky uh, could be second best team in the East this year. They're not going to be better than Georgia. I happen to not think they're going to be better than Tennessee, but they're in the top 25 to start the year. Uh, John McEnroe. I agree with him 100%. John McEnroe says it is BS that Novak Djokovic is not able to play in the U.S. Open. I agree 100% with John McEnroe. Props to him for being able to come out and say it publicly. It is indefensible on a scientific basis that we are not allowing uh, Novak Djokovic to come into this country and actually be able to play in the U.S. Open. Uh, He was able to play in the U.S. Open last year. I think you have to give tremendous amounts of credit to Novak Djokovic for being willing to actually stand up for what he believes in, even if there is a consequence. And that consequence might be that he's not going to be able (coughs) to potentially, not going to be able potentially to uh, even get uh, his uh, his all-time majors win because he wasn't able to play in the Australian Open. Not able, potentially, to play in the U.S. Open this year. Would have been favored at both of those venues. Still high-level, number-one caliber player in the country, and he is losing opportunities to play in majors over his willingness to point out that the COVID shot is totally unnecessary for him based on his age and the fact that he's already had COVID uh, and has natural immunity, just like your boy here. Finally, Zach Wilson It appears Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is only going to be out two to four weeks. There were fears that he had torn his ACL and might be out for the entire season. Those seem to have uh, not been confirmed. Uh, And so two to four weeks is the time that he will be uh, out there. We also had Deshaun Watson take the field and play for the first time since the allegations by all the women accusing him of sexual assault. He was not very good. Limited action for the Browns with news soon to come down. Reportedly, uh, Deshaun Watson has agreed to an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine, but the NFL, it appears, poised to suspend him for an entire season of football. Uh, Appreciate all of you hanging out with me. I'm going to go work on my new book now, uh, which will be out next year, uh, and uh, I will be back with you. Same bad time, same bad channel. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. Thanks for all the support of Clay and Buck. Thanks for all the support of OutKick. I'll be on Sean Hannity tonight. You can watch me there on Fox News. Until then, I'll see you tomorrow.